Section 15 of The House of the White Shadows. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The House of the White Shadows by B. L. Fargen. Section 15. Book 3, Chapters 10 and 11. Chapter 10. Christian Almer's Child Life. The years went by in the lonely villa without any change, except that my lady grew into the habit of taking her walks in the grounds later in the night. Not a word was exchanged between her and her husband. Had seas divided them, they could not have been further apart from each other. A dreadful, dreary monotony of days. The direction and control of the house was left entirely to me. My master took not the slightest interest in what was going on. I should have asked to be relieved from the service, had it not been for my affection for my mistress. To live with her, as I did for years, attending upon her daily, without loving her was not possible. Her gentleness, her resignation, her resolution, her patience, with those who were not constant witnesses of her lonely, blameless, suffering life. She never wrote or received a letter. She severed herself entirely from the world, and these rooms were her living grave. She loved her child, but she did not give way to any violent demonstration of feeling. I observed, as the lad grew up, that he became more and more perplexed by the relations which existed between his parents. Had one or the other been unkind to him, he might have been able to put a reasonable construction upon the estrangement. But they were equally affectionate, equally tender towards him. He continued to exercise the prettiest cunning to bring them together, but without avail. Without avail also the entreaties he used. Mama, the sun is shining beautifully. Do come out with me and speak to Papa. Do, Mama, do. See, he is walking in the garden. Mama, may I bring Papa into your room? Say yes. I am sure he would be glad. Papa, Mama is really very ill. I do so wish you would see her and speak to her. There, Papa, I have hold of your hand. Come, Papa, come. It was heartbreaking to hear the lad who loved both, who received love from both. Mama, he said, are you rich? In what way, dear child? she asked. I have no doubt wondering at his question. In money? Do you mean that? Yes, Mama, I mean that. We are not in want of money, Christian. Then you can buy whatever you want, Mama? I want very little, Christian. But if you wanted a great deal, he persisted, you have money to pay for it? Yes, Christian. And Papa, too? Yes, and Papa, too. I can't make it out, he said. Yesterday I saw a poor little girl crying. I asked her what she was crying for and she said her mamma was in great trouble because they had no money. I asked her if money would make her mamma happy, and she said yes. 
then why does it not make you happy would you like some money christian said my lady to give to this poor girl's mamma yes mamma here is my purse denise will go with you at once we went to the cottage and found that the family were in deep distress the father was in arrears with his rent having been unable to work through illness for a good many weeks he was now strong enough to return to his employment but he was plunged into such difficulties that all his courage had deserted him the mother was weak with overpowering anxiety and the children were in want of food i saw that the family were deserving of assistance and i directed master christian what to give them he visited them daily for a week and more and the roses came back to the children's cheeks and the hearts of the father and mother were filled with hope and gladness mamma said master christian you have no idea how happy they are and all because i gave them a little money they play and sing together yes mamma all of them it is beautiful to see them they call me their good angel i am very glad you have made them happy my dear said my lady mamma they are happy because they love each other and because they laugh and sing together let me be your good angel mamma and papa's tell me what to do so that we may live like those poor people these were hard things for parents to hear and harder because no answers could be given to them we went out for a stroll every fine day for an hour or so and when master christian saw a child walking between father and mother who smiled at each other and their little one and spoke pleasantly and kindly one to the other his eyes would fill with tears he would peep through cottage windows nay he would go into the cottages where he was always welcome and would furnish himself with proofs of domestic happiness which never gladdened his heart in his own home with scanty food with ragged clothes the common peasant children were enjoying what was denied to him he had one special friend a delicate child who at length was laid on a bed of sickness from which he never rose master christian for a few weeks before this child died visited him daily in my company and took the poor little fellow many comforting things for which the humble family were very grateful my young master would stand by the bedside of the sick child and witness in silent pain the evidences of paternal love which lightened the load of the little sufferer the day before the child died we approached the cottage and master christian peeped through the window the child was dying and by his bedside sat the sorrowing parents the man's arm was around the woman's waist and her head was resting on her husband's shoulder we entered the cottage and remained an hour and as we walked home master christian said if i were dying would my mamma and papa sit like that i could find no words to answer this question which showed what was passing in master christian's mind 
"'Cannot you tell me,' said Master Christian, "'whether my rich parents would do for me "'what that little boy's poor parents are doing for him? "'It is so very much, Denise, so very, very much. "'It is more than money, for money is no use in heaven "'where he is going to. "'I wish my mamma and papa had been poor. "'Then they would have lived together and have loved each other.' "'Denise, tell me what it all means.' "'Hush, Master Christian,' I said, trying to soothe him, for his little bosom was swelling with grief. "'When you are a man you will understand.' "'I want to understand now. I want to understand now,' he cried. "'There is something very wicked about our house. I hate it. I hate it.' And he stamped his foot and broke into a fit of sobbing so charged with sorrow that I could not help sobbing with him. Something of this must have reached his parents' ears, and how they suffered only themselves could have known. My master grew thin and wan, dark circles came round his eyes, and they often had a wild look in them which made me fear he was losing his senses and my lady drooped and drooped, like a flower planted in unwholesome soil. Paler and quieter she grew every day, sweeter and more resigned, if that were possible, with every sitting of the sun, so weak at last that she could not take her walk in the grounds. Sitting by the window, looking at the lovely sky, she said to me one peaceful evening, I shall soon be there, Denise. Oh, my lady, was all I could say. It rejoices me to think, she said, that this long agony is coming to an end. I pray that the dear child I shall leave behind me will not suffer as I have suffered, that his life may be happy and his end be peaceful. Denise, my mother is in that invisible spirit land to which I am going. When she sees me coming, will she not be frightened to meet me? For if it had not been for her, all this misery would have been averted. My lady, I said, so saint-like was her appearance that I could have knelt to her. Let me go to my master and bring him to you. He would not come, she said, at your bidding, Denise, has he not been often entreated by our child? Believing that this was a sign of relenting on her part, I said, He knows that I dare not deceive him. He will come if I say you sent for him. Perhaps, perhaps, she said, but I would not have him come yet. When I summon him here, he will not refuse me. "'You will send for him one day, my lady?' "'Yes, Denise, unless I die suddenly in my sleep. "'An end I have often prayed for. "'But this great blessing may be denied to me.' "'Ah, how sad we were the days. "'It fills me with grief even now to speak of them. "'All kinds of strange notions entered my head during that time.' I used to think it would be a mercy if a terrible flood were to come, or if someone would set fire to the villa. 
it would bring these two unhappy beings together for a few minutes at least but nothing happened the days were all alike except that i saw very plainly that my lady could not live through another summer she was fading away before my eyes the end came at last when master christian was nearly nine years old chapter eleven beatrice almer gives a promise to her son it was a spring morning and my lady was alone master christian was in the woods with his father he was to be home at noon and my lady was watching for him at her window exactly at noon the lad returned beaming with delight the hours he spent with his father were memorable hours in his life you have enjoyed yourself christian said my lady drawing her boy to her side and smoothing his hair it does you good to go out with papa yes mamma said the lad in his eager excited voice there is no one in the world like papa no man i mean he knows everything yes mamma everything there isn't a thing you ask him that he can't tell you all about it we have had such a beautiful walk the forests are full of birds and squirrels papa knows the name of every bird and flower see mamma all these are wild flowers papa helped me to gather them and showed me where some of the prettiest are to be found you should hear him talk about the flowers he has told me such wonderful wonderful things about them i believe they live as we do and that they have a language of their own papa smiled when i said i thought the flowers were alive and he told me that the world was full of the loveliest mysteries and that although men thought themselves very wise they really knew very little perhaps it is so with all men but papa it is because he isn't vain and proud that he doesn't set himself above other men in the middle of the woods papa stopped and said as he waved his hand around this christian is nature's book not all the wisdom of all the men in the world could write one line of it that little bird flying in the air to the nest which it has built for its young and which is so small that i could hold it in the palm of my hand is in itself a greater and more marvelous work than the united wisdom of all mankind shall ever be able to produce there mamma you would hardly believe that i should remember papa's words but i repeated them to myself over and over again as we walked along they sounded so wonderful mamma are there flowers in heaven yes my dear she answered gazing upwards forever blooming then it is always summer there mamma yes dear child it is the better land on which we dwell in hope peace is there and love we shall all go there mamma yes dear child one day and shall live there in peace and love yes christian mamma said the child solemnly 
I shall be glad when the day comes on which you and Papa and I shall be together there, in peace and love. Mama, you are crying. I have not hurt you, have I? No, dear child, no. To hear you speak gives me great joy. Ah, but I can't speak like Papa. He has told me of that better world, and though I can't understand all he says, I know it must be very beautiful. Papa is a good man. I love him more than any other man, and I love you, Mama, better than any other woman. Papa is a good man, is he not, Mama? Yes, my child, said my lady. Your father is a good and a just man. My heart leapt into my throat as I heard her speak these words of her husband. Was it possible that this dreadful estrangement was to end, and that my master and his wife would at length be reconciled after all these weary years? My lady was lying back in her chair, gazing now at her boy, now at the bright clouds which were floating in the heavens. Ah, my lady! If we were but to follow God's teaching, and learn the lessons he sends us every day and every hour, how much unhappiness should we be spared! But it seems as if there was a wicked spirit within us which is continually dropping poison into the fairest things, for the mere pleasure of destroying their beauty and making us wretched. There was an angelic expression on my lady's face as she encouraged her boy to speak of his father. "'I have often wished to tell you,' said Master Christian, "'that Papa is not strong, not as strong as I am. He soon gets tired, while I can run about all day. This morning he often stopped to rest, and once he threw himself upon the ground and fell asleep. I sat by his side and listened to the birds, who were all so happy, while Papa's face was filled with pain. Yes, Mama, he was in great pain, and he sighed, oh, so heavily, as though sleep was hurting him instead of doing him good. And he spoke in his sleep, and his words made me tremble. I call God to witness. That was what he said, Mama. I call God to witness that there was in my mind no design to do wrong. And then he said something about sin and sorrow springing from the flower of innocence. A bird was flying near us, stopping to look at us, and not at all frightened, because I was so very, very quiet. Little bird, I whispered, that my father could hold in the palm of his hand. Do you know what he is dreaming of? And will you, because he is my father and a good man, do something to make him happy? Oh, Mama, the bird at that very moment began to sing, and Papa smiled in his sleep, and all the pain in his face disappeared. That bird, Mama, was a fairy bird, and knew that Papa ought not to suffer. And presently Papa awoke and folded me tight in his arms, and we sat there quite still for a long, long time, 
listening to the singing of the bird. Oh, mamma, mamma, why will you not love papa as I do? Who could resist such pleading? My lady could not. My child, she said, I will send for papa tomorrow. You will, you will, cried the child. Oh, how glad I am. Papa will be here tomorrow, and we shall live together as poor people do, and be happy as they are. He sprang from her side, ready to fly out of the room. Shall I go and tell Papa now? Yes, I may, I may. Say that I may, Mama. Not till tomorrow, Christian. Come and sit quietly by me and talk to me. He obeyed her, though it was difficult for him to control himself, his joy was so great. He devised numberless schemes in which he and his parents were to take part. They were to go here and go there, always together. His friends were to be their friends, and they were to share each other's pleasures. Rambles in the woods, hunting for wild flowers, visits to poor cottages, he planned all these things in the delight of his heart. So they passed the day, the mother and child, and when night came he begged again to be allowed to go to his father and tell him what was in store for him. But my lady was firm. No, Christian, she said, you must wait yet for a few hours. They will soon pass away. You are tired, dear child go to bed and sleep well good mamma beautiful mamma said the lad caressing his mother and stroking her face i shall dream all night long of tomorrow she never kissed her child with deeper tenderness than she did on this night he knelt at her knees and said his prayers and of his own accord ended with the words and make my papa and mamma love each other tomorrow. Good night, dear child. Good night, dear mamma. I want tomorrow to come quickly. Good night, Denise. Good night, Master Christian. In a few minutes he was asleep. Then my lady called me to her and spoke gratefully of the manner in which I had performed my services to her. You have been a good and faithful servant to me, she said, and you have helped to comfort me. Your duties have been difficult, and you have performed them well. My lady, I said, sobbing, I could not keep back my tears, she was so gracious and sweet, I have done nothing to deserve such thanks. If what you have said to Master Christian comes true, I shall be very happy. Forgive me for asking, but is it really true that you will send for my master tomorrow? It will be so, Denise, unless God in his mercy takes me tonight. We are in his hands, and I wait for his summons. He will be done. Denise, wear this cross in remembrance of me. I kiss it before I give it to you, and I kiss you, Denise and as she put her cross around my neck, which she took from her own, she kissed me on the lips. 
her touch was like an angel's touch then she said pointing to the posy which had been gathered in the woods by her husband and her child give me those flowers you faithful woman do not think me vain or proud for repeating the words she spoke to me they were very very precious to me and the sweetness has not died out of them though she who uttered them is dust i gave her the flowers and she held them to her heart and encouraged me to sit with her later than usual two or three times in the midst of our conversations she asked me to go to master christian's room to see if he was asleep and when i told her he was sleeping beautifully and that he looked like an angel she smiled and thanked me he will grow into a noble man she said and will i trust think of me with tenderness i often look forward and wonder what his life will be a happy one i am sure i said i pray that it may be so and that he will meet with a woman who will truly and faithfully love him then she asked me if there was a light in her husband's study and going out into the balcony to look i said there was and said moreover that my master often sat up the whole night through reading and studying you have been in his service a long time denise said my lady yes my lady i was born in this house and my mother lived and died here was your master always a student denise always my lady even when he was a boy he would shut himself up with his books he is not like other men from his youngest days we used to speak of him with wonder he is very learned said my lady how shall one be forgiven for breaking up his life ah my lady i said if i dared to speak speak freely denise and then i described to her what a favorite my master was when he was a lad and how everybody admired him although he held himself aloof from people i spoke of his gentleness of his kindness of his goodness to the poor whom he used to visit and help in secret i told her that never did woman have a more faithful and devoted lover than my master was to her nor a man with a nobler heart nor one who stood more highly in the world's esteem she listened in silence and did not chide me for my boldness and when i was done she said she would retire to rest but she was so weak that she could scarcely rise from her chair i had best remain with you tonight, my lady i said you may need my services it is not necessary she said i shall require nothing and i shall be better to-morrow i considered it my duty to make my master acquainted with his wife's condition but i did not tell him of her intention to ask him to come to her to-morrow for fear that she should alter her mind there had been disappointment and vexation enough in the house and i would not add to it i could not rest i was so anxious about my lady 
and an hour after I was abed, I rose and dressed myself and went to her room. She was on her knees, praying by the bedside of her child, and I stole softly away without disturbing her. Again, later in the night, I went to her room. She was sleeping calmly, but her breathing was so light that I could scarcely hear it. In the morning I helped her to dress, and afterwards assisted her to her favorite seat by the window. Master Christian was already up and about, and shortly after his mother was dressed, he came in loaded with flowers to make the room look beautiful, he said, on this happy day. It was a day he was never to forget. End of section 15